This is Podco Media Networks. It's the Demystifying Data Podcast with Chris Clegg, where we deconstruct the tools and techniques marketers need to make data more actionable. Here's Chris. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Demystifying Data. I'm your host, Chris Clegg. And in today's episode, we're going to follow up on an earlier episode, episode nine, actually, where we outlined some basic data 101 properties, some ideas, ways of thinking about data. And we talked about different variables, the kind of metrics that are going to be important and how to organize those metrics in a way that are going to be effective and allow you to make decisions and collect actionable data as a part of your business practices. And I want to follow up on that episode with a discussion around dashboarding and reporting, and specifically around this idea of management by exception, and how can you build management by exception into your data dashboards to try to get some control over that huge volume of metrics that you're going to be collecting on a continuous basis. And that's really what it has to do. When we think about outcome variables and we think about the things we're trying to affect or control, they tend to be either counts or measures of some sort or another. So you get you get counts of the number of engagements, or you might have the number of sales. You might have um, information around hull integrity or the volume of clicks on a website. These are all outcomes, and they tend to be somewhere between zero and infinity, or if they're on a score, they're usually zero to 100. And they are the effect measures or the dependent variables statistically, or the things that we're trying to uh, to create with whatever activity we're doing. And therefore, they are the things that we want to monitor most frequently. We want to keep an eye on them to see how those outcomes are trending. And then the challenge comes in when there's a wide range or there's a large number of those things to then monitor, how do we keep an eye on everything? And what happens is if you were to chart this data over time, and most of the time these outcome variables have a time component to them. So you're talking about interactions per hour, or you're talking about digital clicks per week, or you might be looking at sales per day. And and so this time component allows you to chart them out over a long period of time. And as you chart them, if you connect those day-to-day or those hour-to-hour metrics with a simple line chart, you'll start to see an ebb and flow in the data that represents the natural variation in your information. We call that distribution. And in many cases, that distribution will follow a trend. If you're scoring the same thing in the same way over time, it'll follow a basic flow. It'll have natural peaks and natural valleys to it. And if you are not putting something on the data, or you're not putting a reporting method over that those peaks and valleys that allows you to know when things are unique, then there's really no way to be actionable about it because you may overreact to a valley that's perfectly normal or you may overreact to a peak that's perfectly normal for how the data distributes. And so what becomes very important is the ability to hone in and understand when something is happening that's uniquely low or uniquely high. And that's what we call it management by exception. And we do that by looking at variation using a very simple statistic called standard deviation. And the standard deviation is a measure that lets us know the likelihood by which a metric reading is outside the normal distribution for whatever that normal distribution might be. And there, there's different tiers to that. So there's a tier one, tier two, and tier three, or one standard deviation away from the mean 
two standard deviations or three standard deviations away from the mean. And as we move away from the average or we move away from what is normal, we are increasing our confidence or the likelihood that that reading, if it falls outside of that measure, is unique. So at one standard deviation away, we're probably about 68% likely that a measure that falls one standard deviation away is going to be a unique occurrence. And likewise, if we go two standard deviations away, we're probably about 95% confident or 95 times out of 100 that the measure we're looking at is outside what is otherwise normal for that data distribution. And if we go three standard deviations away from the mean or from what's normal from an average, then we're really 99.9% sure that what is happening, that this new reading is totally unique. So what does that mean? So now all of a sudden we have a lot of control. We have a lot of power over how we're thinking about and looking at our data because we can look at a point in time, look at a measure in time, and we can see was that measure unique to what is otherwise normal and how likely is that unique? And this idea of likelihood, this idea of how sure do you want to be that something new is happening really has to do with the implications of that measure changing. So if you're monitoring sales and you are spending a lot of money on marketing and you're spending that on a continuous flow of marketing and you have a critical mission to increase sales and you're monitoring sales over time and sales dip, then you may have a very low threshold for that because it has a big implication to what you're going to do or you may want to make a quick decision to correct it. So you have a low tolerance for something to be abnormally low in the normal distribution. And in those situations, you may set a threshold of one standard deviation in order to have it warrant your attention. So if you are looking at the ebb and flow over time, and if something falls at a measure that is 68% likelihood to be uniquely low, that may be sufficient likelihood for it to warrant your attention, in which case it is something that is brought to your attention and then you act on it in whatever way that means for you. Now, on the other side, there may be visitors to a website or it may be that we're talking about interactions per day or, or foot traffic in a store. It's a measure that's earlier funnel kind of stuff. It's something you want to keep an eye on, but it's not as big of a deal to you. It isn't going to create some kind of immediate action to try and fix it. And so in those circumstances, you may really, if for it to get your attention, for it to be something that you're going to focus on, you want to be really, really sure that something unique is happening. So you may really need to be two thresholds or even three thresholds out before you're going to give it your attention. So for something like foot traffic, you might say, hey, this has got a lot of variation. I'm not going to panic if something starts to change. So really bring it to my attention if it's only three or more standard deviations away from what would otherwise be normal. Or I need to be 99.9% .9 confident something unique is happening before I'm going to give it my valuable time. And those thresholds, through this statistic of standard deviation, starts to become our means of deciding what is important and what is not. And then when I'm charting variables, in likelihood I'm charting a lot of variables, I'm able to then start to create some control on my dashboard around what is going to get attention or what is going to get highlighted or what is going to trigger an email alert. And that's really how the dashboarding comes into play, is you want to create, you can show all of these charts, let's say you had 100 different outcome variables you were monitoring, and you can show all those charts, but you want to have that kind of executive summary or that that action tab to be one that is really focused on the things that are happening that are unique. 
and that are unique in the context of the threshold based on the metric itself and how much it matters. And that way, you're not feeding your stakeholders 100 alerts every time something happens. You're only feeding them alerts when something's happening that's different. And that's where this management by exception, it becomes very powerful because when we require our stakeholders or the people that are our readers of the data, and when we ask them to only respond when something unique is happening, then we're making much more use of their time, better use of their time. And uh, this idea of everything is special, so nothing is special, isn't the problem. It's only things that are truly unique become a problem. And so where are the way, places I've seen this executed or how are the different ways it's been used? You know, I first was exposed to this idea of management by exception in reporting in work with a large consumer packaged goods company that produces a lot of different products. And, and one of them in particular was uh, different types of potato chips. And those potato chips would go out through distribution chain, they get produced in the factories, they'd go out through distribution chain, and they'd be in store. And this is back really before the web to a large part. And the way consumers complained was calling into a call center and, and organizations would establish huge call center networks in order to handle that volume of phone call. And when somebody complained, they would call into a rep and that rep would record the nature of their issue. And they would do that in a coding and classification systems that tended to be quite complex. And there was a wide range of issues that would someone might call in for. And so someone might call in to say that the, the chips were stale, for example. And if they were stale, and this particular company had their systems worked out so beautifully that if the chips were stale and the ratio of those complaints and where that complaint was coming from, they were able to understand whether or not the factory's humidity settings were running outside of tolerance levels. And they knew that, hey, the staleness of chips, so long as it hadn't expired, was related in part to the humidity of the factory at a certain stage in production. And when those complaints started to rise at a certain level, it meant the calibration was off with the humidity and they would make those adjustments. And, and those were things they cared about. And those were things that, that certainly mattered because they valued the quality of their product. And they would put an appropriate threshold on that ratio of complaints so that they could react to it. But, you know, it didn't have to be a, a low threshold. I mean, they, they, it was a higher threshold for this because, you know, they, they didn't need to react every time complaints came in through the phone lines. They, um, they didn't need to react every time a complaint around staleness came in through the phone lines. However, if somebody complained about a product reaction, they complained about an allergic reaction to the product for an ingredient that wasn't otherwise a part of the ingredient list, that was an enormous issue. And it would happen. And when it did happen, that needed immediate attention across the board. And so the tolerance for any kind of, for that kind of complaint was very low. Now there was a natural cadence to that kind of complaint just because of the millions of products they were pushing out through uh, their supply chain every year. But they had a very low tolerance for any uniqueness around that complaint because it really indicated there could have been a cross-contamination somewhere in the supply chain that they needed to address immediately because it obviously had some pretty severe implications for them. So that was a, my first exposure to this idea of management by exception and threshold reporting and dashboards that are designed with these ends in mind. And it really is a fascinating application of uh, time series charting and really, for a large part, impacted the way I think about how we report continuous data ever since. A more recent example is one that has to do with the Internet of Things. And, and one of the biggest challenges 
around the Internet of Things is the volume of outcome data that it creates. And there's some very brilliant applications of this technology, but if we can't use that data appropriately or in a way that's going to be efficient, then it really is just a waste of our time and resources. And there's one application where there are sensors on the inside of a, a freight ship, of a ship that's moving freight across the ocean. And there's thousands of sensors across the inside of the hull all throughout this ship. And those sensors are providing a near continuous reading of the integrity of the hull, that section of the hull that a particular sensor is designed to, to monitor and or set to monitor. And that hull integrity data is providing a real-time map back to the, um, the managers of the ship, the captain and others, so they can make sure and assure the safety of the crew, the security of the cargo, and the overall uh, integrity of the ship. And that data is coming in at an incredible rate. There are thousands of readings a second, and those readings are coming into a database in real time. And the way in which that's determined, the way in which that information is then reported is to look at that natural ebb and flow of the data. What's the natural highs and lows of those measures around integrity? It's not going to always be exactly the same. There's a small margin of variation, but still there's always going to be variation in any continuous measure. And because, and with that, data is coming in on a very continuous basis, and then they have their thresholds of when is a measure falling outside of what is normal. And those are the situations where it is uh, brought to the attention of, of stakeholders, of managers. And in this case, where you have a, a map of the hull of the ship, and that map is showing a general green hue across the ship, if there's a particular area that's falling outside of a range, then that area may turn a different color and it may even turn a different color depending on the severity of that outside or that outlier reading. And it's just another application of management by exception in reporting in a very different situation. So there's some information, some ideas, some ways of thinking about bringing management by exception into your data dashboards, ways of using the metric of using the, the statistic of standard deviation to overlay it on your outcome metrics and to get a little more information around how to report on it in a way that's going to be effective and allow you to be more valuable to your stakeholders and make your data a little more actionable. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you are a subscriber. If you're not, please subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And I hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much. Tune in next time as Chris Clegg continues demystifying data. Meantime, head over to demystifyingdata.co to learn more.